Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1, if you're there, say amen. Ask your neighbor, turn your neighbor said, are you seeking him? Take a look at this, Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship that a band of scholars arrived from Jerusalem from the east, and they asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We are on a pilgrimage to worship him. Bow your heads as we pray this morning. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want to take some time very briefly this morning to share with you a story about the nativity, about the wise men that come seeking Jesus. And first thing I want you to see is this, is who are these men? According to tradition, we have a nativity in our house and, and, you know, getting ready for Christmas And we have the wise men that are there. Now, we don't know, are they wise men? Are they kings? Are they astrologers? Exactly who were these guys? And based on on history, based on uh, what biblical scholars and theologians say, some people call them wise men. Other people call them astronomers. Other people would refer to these guys as kings, the three kings. Uh, But the Greek word that's used there to explain these gentlemen are magi. And magi were identified as astrologers, as uh, people that that, that would interpret dreams. These individuals, uh, they they would interpret omens. They were uh, following a star and they were searching out a dream. They were chasing a dream. Now follow me on this. These individuals are seeking out. Now, whether they're a king, whether they're an astronomer, or whether they are a wise man or royalty or not, there's something about these men that they were seeking after something. I don't know about you, but every one of us has sought something at one time or another. Every one of us is looking for, whether you were looking for a wife or whether you were looking for a husband, whether you were looking for a car or looking for a job, all of us at one time or another have searched for something. We've gone out looking, and in that preparation of looking, these men, regardless of who they were, they were following after a dream. And some people have said that wise men still seek him. Say it again, Pastor. Now, one thing we don't know is is this, is that these men, we, we know they're not necessarily religious men, but these men were able to tell through creation that there was a coming king. They they anticipated something was about to happen. Oh, you got to catch this. I don't know about you, but I want to be surrounded by some people that are anticipating something good happening. I want to be around some folk that, now you know those people that always, oh, something bad's about to take place. 
oh man, this, things are getting bad. Things are going to get really bad about right. I want to hang out with some folks. I got enough folk that know that there's bad things about to happen. I want to surround myself with some people that are like, hey, you know what? There's about a king about to be born. There's something good on the horizon. Why don't we get together? Let's take a journey to look about what's about to take place. I don't know about you, but I have this anticipation in my spirit about 2018. I have this feeling in my spirit that God is about to do something great, that there is a birthing of a king. There is something great about to be birthed, something about to come. And I don't know about you, but I want to be ready for about what's about to take place coming up in the future. They were on a quest. Somebody say quest. They, they were on a quest. They were searching for something. And I want you to see, number one, I'm going to share four quick things with you. Number one, they were searching for something. Every one of us is looking for something at some time, and they're searching for, for the king. They're going out looking for the king. And the Bible says that they go first stop that they make, they get to this place called, called uh, Bethlehem. And when they get there, they go to the palace. And when they get to the palace, they ask the king that's there, where's the king that was just born? Now, it would make sense if you're looking for a prince, where would you go? God bless you. To the palace. If you're looking for a king, you'd go to the palace, right? You're looking for a car, you're going to go to an auto dealership or auto trader or something. My mom just went looking for one, just, just almost bought a car out of pressure. I'm like, lady, what are you doing? Come on, mom, we don't do this. You don't just buy just because it's the first one that you see. So she was able to finally do a little shopping. And the poor thing, she was panicked, got in the car, and it was, you know, last time she bought a car was in 05, where you put keys in and turned them. And her car, the, every car she test drove has a push button. She goes, I don't like this. I don't know why I told you that, but she, she's struggling with, with that aspect. The thing I need you to understand that when you're looking for something, for, for ladies, you're looking for makeup, where are you going to go? Target, Walmart, Sephora, uh, some, uh, if there's a certain place that you buy a certain, you know where to go, right? There's certain places to look for certain things. And so I need you to understand, the Bible says in Proverbs 25, verse 2, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Now, I love this. What God does is God takes something valuable and he hides it. That's mine, Cisco, so leave that alone, okay? Hides it. But God doesn't hide something valuable to keep it from us. As you look to search out a matter is the glory of kings. What makes you royal isn't the fact that you're born into a royal family. What makes you royal is your ability to search out for the good things of God. It's when you search, the ability to search things out, the ability to look for the presence of God, to look for the things that God's hidden, to look for the blessings that are out there. And it's a glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's a glory of a king to search it out. Every one of you is royalty, and God has hidden some things for you, but you have to be willing, like the wise men, to search it out. you got to be willing to press in and go after those things. I want you to notice this, is that they go to the palace, but they, when when they get there, the king is like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You're looking for a king? There's only one king here, and that's me. See, I need you to understand that 
you got to look for the right thing in the right place. They went to the palace thinking that the king of glory would be there. But instead of being in the Fairmont Hotel or at a great, at a great hospital, he was born in a manger. He wasn't surrounded by royalty and kings and priests and trumpets being blown. He was surrounded by a heavenly host of angels that celebrated his coming. He didn't go to the high and mighty. He went to the down and out. What I'm telling you is this. He came not to the palace but to the manger to show that he came for the common man as well as the man that sat in the palace as well. All of us are valuable to God. Somebody say amen. And so they go searching for something, and some things aren't found where you think they are. Now, some of y'all might have found your husband at the club, but you ain't going to find your husband at the club. Now, you got to figure out what it is you're looking for. You don't find a man of God at a club. You don't find a woman of God at the club. You got to know where to look for the things that God wants to give you. Come on, somebody. Getting quiet up in here. You see, I need you to understand something is that they, 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 these men were searching for something. Number two, very quickly, they, they had come a long way. Oh, I love that. Now, now, some theologians say that they estimate from three months to two years that they traveled. That's a long time. Looking for something. Man, I look for my keys for maybe five, ten minutes, and I'm I'm like, forget it. I'll just get another car. Because I get tired of searching for something after a while, and I start getting frustrated, and I start throwing things around looking. Don't judge me, because I know you're the same way. But these guys, for two to, for, for, for three months to almost two years, they searched. And that tells me something. These men had to be committed to search after what they were looking for. I'm here to tell you that some of us just aren't committed enough to find the very thing that you're looking for. We give up way too easy. We got to be committed. We say, I want to work on my marriage, but then the moment you have to start reading a book or begin to put a little effort into it, all of a sudden it's too hard. You got to be committed to whatever it is that you're looking for, what you want to do. And I'm here to tell some of you, some of you are on a journey and you have come a long way. I look around this church right now and I see some people that have journeyed a long way. You haven't traveled three months. You haven't traveled two years. You've traveled traveled for decades. You've been on this road trying to find the king. And look how far you've come. You've come a long way. Now you might not be where you want to be, but you're still on that road pursuing the king. And today I've come to tell you, you've come too far to turn back now. You've come a long way. Come on, some of y'all need to pat yourself on the back right now. Just go ahead, because nobody else is going to do it for you. you you got to pat and just recognize, I've come a long way. I've progressed. I, I might not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. I've come a long way. These guys came a long way, and they, they came too far to pull back now. They came too far to turn around and go back. They set out with a purpose in mind. Matthew chapter 24, verse 13 says this. The last part of it says, But he who endures to the end, he shall be saved. 
I'm here to tell you, some, some of y'all, you just got to stay in the fight. Hasn't always been easy, baby girl, but you stayed in the fight. Hasn't, it's not always easy in life, but you've stayed in the fight. Come on. That marriage, you know, living with her hasn't been easy, but you've, you've stayed in the fight. Living with him hasn't been all, you know, roses, but you know what? You stayed in the fight. Serving God hasn't always been easy, but you stayed in the fight. You know, raising a kid all by yourself hasn't been easy, but you stayed in the fight. You kept pursuing. Being, a, being that single father hasn't been easy, but you stayed in the fight. You pursued. Pursued. You went after it. You've come too far. Keep pursuing until you achieve. Number three. Everyone say number three. Like praise God. Pastor is moving quickly this morning. They didn't show up empty handed. Oh, I love this. This is cool. Check this out. Matthew chapter two, verse 11. They entered the house. Everyone say house. So that tells me they're not in the manger anymore. Based when you see the nativity scenes, you always have the three wise men and you have the, the, the shepherds and so forth. Reality was the wise men don't show up to the, where Jesus is at until he's about two years old. In fact, the word that is used to explain the child isn't infant any longer, but child. The, the Greek word talks about a child anywhere from two years old under. How do we know that? Because when the wise men didn't come back, King Herod has all male children two years old and under killed. If it was just babies, it would have just been infants that they would have had slaughtered. So they show up at, at a house. They don't show up at the manger like, like the, the shepherds do. They show up in a house, and when they get there, check this out. They saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Now, how many moms are in the house right now? How, how many of you love your kids? How many know that when your kids were born, they were beautiful? And they still are beautiful, right? They, they, they were the most beautiful kid that was ever born. Right, Mom? Amen. Fathers, how many of you feel the same way? Okay, a couple of you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I love my girls. But some, bub- some babies are ugly. <laughs> now, now, you might think your baby is the most beautiful baby in the world, but when they come out, it takes some time for them to look right. I'm just, just, just saying, you know, because they get squeezed. They got the cone head. They're, 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 they're I mean, they're, they're, they're wrinkly. They got their, their colors not there. I mean, some, some, they look like little aliens coming out sometimes. They don't always look, oh, look how beautiful. You're like, oh, Lord, bless this child. Do something. Lord, help, help this child. You know, uh. I love, my, my daughter is gorgeous, but when my baby girl was born, she had her hair sticking straight up, and her hair started from her eyebrows all the way back. There was no, there was no distinction. There was just hair everywhere. I was like, oh, God, please, Lord, help us. And now look how beautiful she is, you know? But I, they, they walk into the house, and they see Mary holding this child, and 
they walk in and they bow. And they worship the baby. You imagine what's going through Mary's mind? These, these dudes just show up at my house dressed to the nines. There are Armani suits and they're, they're, they're nice shoes and they're chariots and they, they, they come and they kneel before my baby and they're worshiping him. And then look, look what they bring. They present him gifts of what? Gold, frankincense, and what? Myrrh. Now, now follow me on this. They, they, what, what blows me away about this is that they prepared themselves for success. Most of us don't have success in our journey because we don't prepare ourselves for success on the journey. Before they even left where they were going, they prepared themselves by getting the gold, by getting the myrrh, and getting the frankincense. They put everything together and said, you know what, when we get there, we got everything we need for when we find him. Not if we find him, when we find him. You got to start preparing to get to your destination. You got to start preparing to arrive at your destination. You got to start preparing for when your marriage is whole, when your body is healed, when your your walk with God is where it needs it. You got to start preparing for when you're out of debt. You got to start preparing yourself now for success. Before you even start your journey, you got to have a mindset that, you know what, we're going to find him. We're going to get there. We're going to do this. Not if, we're, if we start this business, if we're able to get out of debt, if we get that house. You got to start walking with this idea and belief, you know what, when we get there. Come on, somebody. You got to start speaking to yourself. So they prepared themselves and they came with gold. Now, that when they, the first dude comes out with gold, you imagine Mary's face? Dang. It doesn't say how much gold. It just says, that's a great gift. How many ever got a gift that you're like, uh, I don't, don't say anything, okay? <laughs> gold was to represent it was a king. Frankincense was used in incense of worship to a god. But the myrrh is what blows them away because myrrh was an anointing spice that was used to embalm dead bodies. Now you can imagine Mary, first present she opens is gold. Cool. Frankincense. I feel you. But then myrrh. That, that would be like today going to a baby shower and bringing embalming fluid. Any mother would be like, what the heck? This ain't even funny. But imagine jumping ahead 33 years later, now Mary, her son, suspended between heaven and earth. Caesar's son hanging on the cross, and as he breathes his final breath, It says, Father, into your hands do I commit my spirit. It is finished. She remembers and she's taken back to when these kings showed up at her door. Holding her baby. That they gave her gold that she's used. Frankincense that she's used. Now, the myrrh has been sitting there in a box covered for 33 years. And after he breathes his last, she takes that very spice that that king, that wise man, that astrologer brought her and she prepares her son's body for burial. I want you to understand something. 
Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16 says this. No one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. You notice this, that every one of the, that, who were they looking for? When the king set out, what were they looking for? A king. And so to be prepared to meet a king, you had to have something to present him. And so they went out to find a king, so they prepared themselves to meet a king. They brought their best to the, you can't show up before royalty empty-handed. Oh, somebody got to hear me this morning. When you show up to a king, you have a gift that you bring. That you show up to a king, you have something that you present. And when these men show up to this baby, they brought their best. My question to you is how many times do we come to the house of God the same way the three, the, the three kings came to Jesus' house and we don't bring a thing? I'm not talking about gold. I'm not talking about frankincense or myrrh. We don't even bring our best praise. We don't even bring our attention. We're on our cell phone more than that we're, we're, we're listening to the word. How many times do we come in and give God our best? These kings went a long way. I just got to find the king. I just need to find the king. I just want to find the king. And when they finally found him, they fall to their knees. They worship and they give them their gifts. I want to know this year, we have three weeks left in this year. Can we just finish the year with our best? Can we just give God our best as we end this year? I'm not talking money. I'm talking heart. I'm talking in your presence. Can can we just make it to the end of the year when we say, God, I'm going to give you every Sunday. I'm going to show up and I'm going to be there, whether it's here or whether you're visiting family in whatever city you're in, to say, God, I'm going to give you your day. To give our best. What's What's our best look like? Many of us don't even know what that looks like. We get mad at God that God hasn't come through, but you've never given your best to anything. You complain about, you know, we didn't accomplish this, God didn't do that, but you never gave your best to anything. You never gave your best to that job, never gave your best to that marriage, never gave the best to that gym, never gave the best to that education, and you get mad about all these other things, but you never gave your all. What would happen if you actually gave your all to something? What would happen in your life in the final three weeks of this year and just say, God, I'm going to give my all? How would your life, you don't have to wait till January 1 to make a resolution. Right now, in this moment, you could say, God, I'm going to bring you my all. Oh, come on, somebody. I just want to give you my all. I want to give all of me. Just bring your best. Worship team, if you help me, number four as we close. They didn't leave the same way. Matthew 2, verse 12. Take a look at this. In a dream, someone say dream. Dream. They were warned not to report back to Herod. So they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and they returned to their own country. Now, this is cool. They left a different way than they came. You know, it kind of happened in the first service that way, too. 
That's such a deep point. After they had an encounter with God, they left a different way than they came. You getting that, babe? You're not catching that, are you? Let's go over your head. They have an encounter with God. And so they leave differently than the way they got there. So I'm not going to go back the same road. I'm not, I'm not going to go back to the same path. Oh. When you have an encounter with God, you don't travel the same roads. You don't do the same thing. You don't act the same way. When you have an encounter with God, you leave a different way. You go back a different way. There's a change. There's a transformation. I can't stay the same when I've had an encounter with God. They turned a different way. They didn't go back. And what blows me away is this. God gives them direction. When you give your best, somebody got to hear me right now. When you give your best, now all of a sudden they're not looking for a star to determine what we should do. God's speaking to them directly. Are you... I don't know if we're spiritually dull and we're just not capturing this or what, but I need you to grab a hold of this. When, when, when they give their best, they don't hold anything back from God. They give them their best and their gold, their frankincense and myrrh. They give them their best in their worship. They give God all that they have now. They're not relying on creation to, to, to lead them. I'm not relying on Pastor Dan to tell me what God's saying. I'm not relying on Pastor Matt to pray for me. I don't need the prayer team to be the ones that lay hands on me when I need a breakthrough. When I give my best to God, God speaks to me directly. He gives me direction, tells me which way to go. Don't take that path. Don't go that way. Do this. Don't do that. When you give your best. First they followed a star creation. Now they hear from the one who created those stars. Oh somebody say amen. They gave God their best. God gave them direction. Spoke to them. We, we don't hear from God because we haven't given our best yet. We want God to speak to us but we won't read his word. What's that, what's that statement someone said? Don't tell me God's not speaking to you if you haven't read your Bible. God hasn't said it. I can't hear the voice of God. When's the last time you picked up your Bible? Turn off the radio. Get into the Word. Turn off the TV. Read a scripture. Because Jesus is called the Word of God. You want to know God? I give God my best. Stop holding out on God. Come on, just stop holding out. So some of us are trying to serve God by giving 25% here, 75 to ourselves, and just, just trying to balance that. It's not how you do it with God. God gave his all to you so that we would give our all back to him. 
Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with your heart and lean not in your own understanding. In, in what? All your ways acknowledge him and he shall. You need direction? Give God your all. When they gave God their gifts, God gave them direction. I want to challenge you as we close this week out, this year out. How many want to give God your all as we close this year out? Just just give God your all. In fact, you want to give God your all. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet right where you are. We're going to do a different kind of altar call this morning. This is going to be a bit different. you, You just want to give God. You want to finish this year strong. Give God your everything. Amen. And and if you don't, just stay seated. It's all good. At least you're honest. You don't have nothing, don't want to give, that's all right. But follow me on this. I believe there's there's a connection between giving and breakthrough. When they gave their gifts, now God gave them direction as to where to go. When we don't have direction, it's usually because we don't give. This is a season of giving. Say it again, Pastor. This this is a season of giving. So I want to challenge you this year. Let's close this year off strong as givers. You're like, okay, pastor, you're going to collect an offering. Now we're doing that later on in the year as we end the year. What we're going to do right now is the ushers would help me is we have these cards that I'm going to pass out to you right now. Take only the amount that you think you'll use. But this card right here says this. It's red not because we're Crips or Bloods, okay? Not because we're East Side, all right? Made them red because it's Christmas, Okay, that's all. Blood of Jesus, all right? No gang affiliation here whatsoever. Let me read to you what what, what this says. Pay it forward. You have been blessed with the random act of kindness because you matter. Don't pay it back, pay it forward. Why Why not do something for something nice for someone you don't know? Leave this card behind so that they will know that they matter too. Make a difference today. So what I'm going to ask you to do is you go through Starbucks. Tell the cashier, I want to pay for the car behind me. Give them this card and ask them to give this card to the person you just paid for. If you're going out to eat somewhere and you see someone at In-N-Out, pay for the car behind you. If you're sitting at, at a dinner somewhere and you're, you're eating at Red Robin, you see someone sitting around, say, hey, can I pay for that table over there? You don't have to go over to them and say, hey, by the way, I paid for you. <laughs> just, just want you to know right now, I, I, that was me. Here's my address in case you want to pay it back. We would go to Red Robin as a staff, and every time we'd walk in there, even with my family, my girls would always ask me, who are you doing it for this time? And I'd look around the restaurant and just find someone that we could bless. 
and I'd ask the waitress for their ticket, they would bring it, and I made sure I tipped well too. So I didn't just pay for their meal, I paid, I tipped also so that the server was taken care of as well. But listen, you might not have a lot of money. It's not about money. It's little things. You can make burritos and then drop them off to homeless people and give them a card. I had a homeless lady walk up to me. True story. We served them food. She walked up to me, homeless lady, handed me a a tattered $10 bill. She says, Pastor, please put this where it'll do the best work. I said, what? She said, you're homeless and you're giving me money? She goes, yeah, someone blessed me. Someone met my need. And she goes, my needs are taken care of right now. So I just want to help someone else out. If a homeless person could do that, can you give your all? Can you just give this year? Bless someone without expectation in return. Let's do what the kings did. They didn't ask Jesus for anything back. They gave their gifts, and as a result, Jesus gave them direction. I don't know about you, but I get pumped blessing people. And so, ushers, would you go ahead and pack? Take, don't grab a stack of them to impress people, okay? Take what you need. Take a couple of them, and if you need more, we'll have some more hopefully next Sunday as well. But take some and just bless someone. Let's put our love of God into practice by blessing someone. And one thing you'll notice, we don't have the church address on here. We don't have people, a phone number telling them to call over. This isn't about growing CWC. This is just about loving people and showing the love of God. I can't wait to use this one. Come on, lift your hands all over this place right now. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.